Okay. Thank you for being here for the Natural Wisdom Podcast. This is episode five. It is February 5th, 2022, and I'm Christine Backus. And today I'm going to be talking about some astrology and then relating that to lifestyle as medicine. Um, first, I want to say thank you to all of you who listen to this podcast. I appreciate you being there. I appreciate you um, taking the time to listen. Um, I want to say there are many, many ways to support the podcast, and that is one of the main ways, right, by listening to it. If you like it, please do share it. It's one of my goals this year to really grow the podcast audience and also grow the support for the podcast so that I can keep doing it. Um, we just started last July, so it's still pretty new, but it's exciting to see how it's grown already. You can certainly become a patron on Patreon um, and you can support the podcast just uh, on some kind of a monthly basis. I even right there through Anchor FM. Uh, other ways that you can support the podcast are by buying a class. Uh, I'll talk about it in a moment, but I am teaching a, another series of classes and deep dives into the planets. And uh, the first one is on Uranus, um, the planet Uranus on February 23rd. And then you can also buy a reading and you can just go to my website for either the class or the reading. But in any case, thank you so much for being here. And thanks again to the patrons who support the show and the supporters right now. It does. It means a lot. So the biggest news, um, well, there are many headlines, right? But the biggest headline in my view right now is that we are all systems go finally for the first time this year. We, um, we've had two personal planets retrograde since, uh, well, Venus went retrograde uh, in mid to late December. And then Mercury went retrograde in about the second week of January. And so this whole month <clears throat> has been marked by these two inner planets, the two planets that are between us and the sun that feel more personal, moving in an apparent background or uh, backwards direction in the sky. So retrograde just means that from our perspective on Earth, the planets appear to be going backwards through the zodiac rather than moving along with everything else. And it retrograde motion has kind of a, uh, a more um, like nocturnal kind of energy where everything is more inward and maybe slower and also literally backwards looking. So uh, this is when we get retrograde, sometimes we get these, um, blast from the past or memories that come up to be cleared or even um, people from the past that come back to us for us to work through whatever with. Um, and so that's the kind of energy we've had since the beginning of the year is kind of this, this looking inwards with Venus. It's about priorities and values and money and relationship and with Mercury, it can be everything from business things to just general communications, even language. Uh, and what, what I find personally with Mercury retrograde is it, it's like this feeling of being stuck in your head 
and confusing your thoughts with reality is maybe the best way to put it. Um, and, you know, this is part of the reason we get these communication, interpersonal communication snafus with Mercury retrograde is because we get caught up and start believing what we think somebody else thinks or what we think is going on instead of paying attention to our actual experience or listening to what somebody is telling us or something is telling us. And so with Mercury retrograde, that's one of the reasons that we're told not to make big decisions or sign contracts is because we don't have all the information we need yet. Um, and there's, it's like a, we're really supported to do a process of review rather than uh, a lot of moving forward and starting new things. But that ended, um, I'm gonna go ahead and show you the chart. So this is the chart of um, in bulk, and we're gonna be talking quite a bit about that today. When the sun reached 15 degrees of Aquarius, here's the sun at 15 Aquarius. And you can see that Mercury was still retrograde the moment the sun moved into Aquarius, but it was about um, seven or eight hours later, I think, that Aquarius went direct, or sorry, that um, Mercury went direct. And so that was, um, Thursday was kind of a big day in um, kind of completing this transition of time in the in the last for the last couple of weeks um, so we have venus is still at the same degree 11 degrees of capricorn where it went direct so it's getting venus is starting to move very slowly it's still in the same place in the sky mercury will be at the same degree for a few days whereas um, venus has been at 11 degrees for many days and will stay there for a little bit longer um, and then, so those are some of the biggest transitions, this switch. And I know many people have felt it, the switch of the energy from kind of this dull, heavy, wanting to stay inside, wanting to sort of sink into the sofa, even hard to get motivated, hard to get traction on new stuff. Uh, and of course, coming at the beginning of the year, uh, if we don't pay attention to some of these kinds of cycles, we get caught up in the calendar year and even the fact that the days are getting longer and think that we should should be right more productive, making more progress, getting things done. But that hasn't been what's supported for the last several weeks. And so now that forward momentum and productivity, not that I like that word, but this idea of starting to uh, move towards our goals and Capricorn, where all of these retrogrades have been happening for the most part, has a lot to do with goals and achievement and our definition of success. Um, we're now being able to take some steps and maybe start to see some progress towards those goals and what we're trying to build. Capricorn is one of the building signs as an earth sign. It's also, Capricorn's also the sign of structure. So in my world, for instance, one of the things that I've been doing over the last few weeks, and I've had it as a goal for a while, but it's just felt like the right time is restructuring just some basic aspects of my business and banking. 
right? The, that's a very Venus and Mercury retrograde and Capricorn thing to do is, is restructuring financial systems. Um, and depending on where it falls in your chart, what house it falls in your chart, in my case, it's the sixth house of work, um, that will give you some idea of where you've been seeing this review period in your life. If it were in the fifth house, for instance, it might be like, what do you want to create? Where's your creative energy going? Or maybe something with your children. Um, if it's in the ninth house, it might have been uh, a reevaluating of what you believe, what what um, or even your travel plans. Ninth house is all the places where we go out and explore into the greater world. Uh, and I know uh, several people have commented that um, some of this has been happening in their 12th. And a lot of times that means things coming up from what's been unconscious uh, places, um, places in our sort of inner psyche that become more visible to us or where we're rethinking. And that may have even more to do with the past or even ancestral issues. Okay, so um, the other thing I wanna say about this, this, both the retrograde period and this next couple weeks as the planets come up to speed, which is again, kind of slow and uh, they'll be in a, their retrograde shadow period for a, a little while. Um, I think Mercury for a week or two, Venus, well, I don't, I don't have the dates in front of me, but it'll be for um, a week or two at least. And that means they're still covering the part of the Zodiac in which they were retrograde. So the planet will have moved. So Mercury, for instance, went retrograde at about 10 degrees of Aquarius. And then it's come all the way back to 24 degrees Capricorn. And so it will take it a little while to get back to that 10 degree Aquarius point. Venus went retrograde at, I think, about 26 degrees of Capricorn. I can't remember if it was 24 or 26. And so Venus has will take a little while for Venus to get back to that 24, 26 degree um, period or placement of Capricorn. And during that time, you can think of it as like an integration period. You can think of it as, so we've had this time of review and reprioritize and rethink and reevaluate what we desire, what we love, our relationships, those are Venus things. Um, maybe our, our business, our communication, uh, um, our, maybe some of our, um, the ways that we are learning, things that we're learning or things that we want to learn. All of those things have been up for review. And then this next couple week period during the shadow of the retrogrades and as the planets get up to speed, you can think of it as like a, an integration period. What did I, what insights did I have? What things did I um, reevaluate? What new priorities came to me? And then now it's time to integrate those and kind of let them settle. And the other thing about this particular retrograde coming where it does in the zodiac, these planets between Mercury and Venus have been covering the same degrees where the big conjunctions of 2020 took place. 
So the Saturn-Pluto uh, conjunction in uh, January of 2020, that sort of started the whole period of what uh, Rick Tarnas, for instance, in his book, Cosmos and Psyche, calls crisis and contraction. That happened at 22 degrees of uh, Capricorn. And then the Jupiter-Pluto conjunctions that sort of expanded the intensity um, and and also coincided with those first three big peaks of the virus. Um, those happen in the same degree area, the 22 to 24 degree of Capricorn. And then uh, Mercury went retrograde at about the same, the degree, 10 degrees, um, where most, some of the, the Saturn Uranus squares happened in 2021, that tension between restriction and freedom. So this period post retrograde is like a period of integrating some of the things that we learned. And maybe, um, maybe January was a period of reevaluating these last couple of years. I know there's been a lot of um, controversy, more and more controversy, right? About what is quote unquote misinformation. Um, the stories have been changing about what's not misinformation. What's been accepted fact is no longer necessarily accepted fact. There's been a lot of flux around the, the story and the narrative and the facts and the science around the last couple of years. So many people have found themselves kind of questioning and reevaluating. And again, that's part of that retrograde energy. So this period of time, we may find ourselves um, going forward with a fresh outlook, a fresh, um, a fresh viewpoint, and even a fresh set of um, what we believe or what we think or what we're curious about, right? So um, all of that has been happening and will be happening for a little while. Um, so the other, I guess the next thing I want to talk about a little bit, I'm sure I could talk about that for a lot longer, but hopefully that gives you some things to chew on, is that Venus, one of the things that we've been doing here on the podcast is tracking the journey of Venus. And in the last episode, uh, I talked about and shared the story of Venus's journey through the sky and how it's such a beautiful, um, it's such a beautiful uh, model for one of the oldest written myths in the world. And that's the ancient Sumerian myth of the goddess Inanna, queen of heaven and earth, and her own descent into the underworld, her birth, and then uh, her birth as a goddess, I'm sorry, her birth as a queen, and then her descent into the underworld and that whole journey. And it, it's, it's a pretty exact mirror of the journey of Venus in the sky. And if you haven't had a chance to look, listen to that um, podcast episode, uh, it's up on the podcast, obviously. And I would urge you to do so if you're at all interested in this whole Venus cycle. And in fact, I think I put a link in there to an entire class I taught about Venus, the meaning of Venus, um, how you can interpret Venus in astrology. And I talked uh, in a little bit more depth about the Venus cycle. But so we've had, so Venus's new cycle technically began with the Venus sun conjunction on January 8th at 18 degrees of Capricorn. But then Venus actually became visible 
um, a week or so later, sometime around mid-January, around 13 degrees of Capricorn. And so this, um, this Capricorn, Venus and Capricorn energy, which is kind of like the wise woman energy, um, that is what gets carried through this whole, uh, this whole cycle of Venus. She will kind of carry what you might call Capricorn overtones through the whole 19-month cycle including this nine month, right, descent into the real underworld, the long underworld, and then the nine month ascent as an evening star after that at beginning um, late this year. So this Venus and Capricorn energy, it has to do with like grandmother wisdom or grandfather wisdom. There's a, you know, I don't want to suggest that there's only that feminine, there's both the feminine and the masculine. It's very much an earth wisdom. So Capricorn is the last earth sign. It has to do with earth wisdom. It has to do with kind of the mastery of the material world and not mastery as in control over, but mastery as in uh, the real understanding of cooperation with the material world. And that's the Venus energy that's the energy that venus carries and so what we're doing now is starting to track venus as a morning star if you've been out at all in the mornings you have you just have to get up before sunrise um and venus is high and bright it's impossible to miss venus she's so bright it's the brightest venus is the third brightest object in the night sky or in the sky anyway after the sun and the moon and so it's pretty much impossible to miss venus if you can look towards the southeast sky uh, in the early morning hours right now um, so venus is high and bright as a morning star and as that at that and at that switch from retrograde to direct um, Venus is beginning to slowly move back towards the sun in the retrograde movement crossed over um, on that conjunction with the sun and then moved away from the sun very quickly, meaning becoming visible above the horizon. And now Venus will slowly begin to descend back towards the horizon um, and become invisible again in late August of this year. And that is the analogous to that underworld journey. So uh, we've talked about in the last podcast, we've talked about the fact that in the myth, uh, Inanna crosses down through seven gates uh, into the underworld. And at each one of the gates, she has to remove one of her, her uh, signs of power. And in the sky, every month while Venus is visible, she'll unite with the crescent moon just before the new moon. So with the old moon, the waning crescent moon every month, um, just about two or three days before the new moon. And the first time that happened when Venus was visible was right on the day that Venus was stationing retrograde and that was January 29th. And in the myth, and that was at 11 degrees of Capricorn, like I say, where she's been for a little while now. And that in the myth, this is where Inanna removes her crown, her crown of queenship or kingship. So it's like the crown of authority. And so what we can do if we're tracking the myth is think about where have we been placing authority outside of ourselves 
or finding our authority through some external trapping. And this is the time to release that. That's what that first gate was about. The second gate comes on February 27th, and this is called the gate of perception. And this is when Venus re, uh, removes, or sorry, Inanna removes the lapis earrings, or in some places it's the measuring rod and line. And this has to do with um, her sort of her magical abilities, as well as um, just how she sees things. If you think about that measuring rod, how does she understand the world? And so that's the that's one of the places where we'll be um, where we can sort of look at how do we let other people tell us how to see the world? How do we let other um, external sources make our decisions for us rather than uh, our internal knowing? And that will be the theme that's up at the end of February. And we'll talk about that again on the podcast. But just to give you some idea of gate. So January 29th, um, the crown, uh, February 27th, uh, is the, um, again, in Capricorn, this time at 24 degrees, the gate of perception. And again, just thinking about uh, our ability, you know, this is the natural wisdom podcast. And one of the ways that we sort of get in touch with our natural wisdom is by actually going out and seeing the night sky or the morning sky in this case, and, and sort of physically and intuitively connecting with the planets um, and starting with the sun and moon, but all of the planets are possible to connect with. Um, so one more thing about that before I move on to sort of lifestyle and I wanna talk about um, the cross quarter, quarter holiday where the sun in Aquarius. But one other thing I wanna say about just connecting with the sky is that we're in a fairly rare period um, for a little while. And in fact, um, yeah, we're in a fairly rare period for a little while where most of the visible planets will be visible in the morning. So Venus is visible. If you have a clear view of the southeastern horizon and you can get out before, um, well, it has to be before dawn, but even before the sky gets too light, you can see Venus like I say, that's Venus is almost impossible to miss. Mars is very nearby. Now Mars is not at the same height, but it's at the same, uh, it will be at the same degree. So, so they'll look like they're coming together and, and Venus and Mars will be traveling together for several weeks actually. Um, and they should look very close together in the sky right now. I've not been able to see Mars. I've only been able to see Venus. But the other planet that is visible for a very short period of time um, is Mercury, because Mercury typically travels so close to the sun. And Mercury ought to be faintly visible now as well. It's what, 6 plus 15. Um, it's a little over 20 degrees distant from the sun. Usually a planet becomes visible around 13 to 15, well, 13 degrees-ish. Um, so right now, Mercury is visible. And a little bit later, as the sun keeps moving um, past Saturn, Saturn will become visible in the morning sky. So we'll have Mars, Venus, Mercury, and Saturn visible 
at about the you know in the, the same time frame and so this next few weeks is really a great time uh for a couple of reasons to start getting up early enough and maybe get outside early in the morning and go look for these planets just before the sun comes up um okay so let's kind of use that as a little bit of a transition to talk about the time of year and you know all the planets are timekeepers right um, mercury is the quickest one it has those and we use the retrogrades probably as the biggest marking points because it goes retrograde three times a year this year it'll be um i think we get a fourth at the end of the year um mars is about a two-year cycle venus is a 19-month cycle the moon of course is our monthly cycle and, and it's again one of the more visible ones but the sun is the primary timekeeper for um, a lot of the functions of our bodies. I All the planets have connections to the body. Um, I don't know that there have been a lot of studies, certainly not in Western um, medical science, about this, the, our circadian rhythms and our biorhythms and how they're connected to the planets. Certainly we know that there's the connection to the moon, but the one that's easiest to connect with and that most of us, because of the way we live, have a harder time connecting with is the sun, right? And we have some basic connections. We do, we're more active during the day and we sleep at night. That's we're diurnal creatures. I mean, that's built into our biology. And so that's the basic function of the sun in terms of its daily cycle. The sun from an Ayurvedic standpoint is also connected to our digestion. Our digestive system is our inner sun, our inner fire. And so uh, our digestive capacity and digestive strength mirrors in a lot of ways where the sun is in the sky and where the sun is both from a daily point of view and an annual point of view. So where we are right now uh, in, the, in the cycle of the year is we've reached uh, the, one of the cross quarter holidays. When the sun reaches the midpoint of a fixed sign, that's Aquarius, Taurus, um, Leo, and Scorpio, we get what's known as a cross quarter holiday or holy day. And in this case, it's the ancient um, holiday is Imbolc, which means in the belly of the mother. It's the time, uh, you can think of the time of the quickening of the new seeds that have been planted. Uh, it's a time where life just begins to stir underground in the belly, right? In the belly of the mother. And it's the halfway point between the solstice and the equinox. And here in the Northern hemisphere, you can think of this period of time as similar to, if you think about the moon cycles, this is similar to the waning crescent moon. So the moon is still, or the light is still less than the dark, hasn't reached the, uh, the halfway point or hasn't reached that half moon status yet, which comes at the equinox. Um, but it's that crescent moon where the light begins to grow. And so what's happening for us um, in this period of time is that our bodies 
know that there's light beginning to come back. We know that the light is beginning to grow. And so our energy and that life force starts to grow with it. Um, so that's, that's one of the, and that's, well, I think, again, my sense from having talked to um, quite a few people recently is that a lot of us are feeling that sort of quickening and the rebirth, if you will, of creative energy. And, and if we set intentions at the solstice or even at the new year, and again, part, part of this is because of that change in the direction of the planets, we're starting to feel the life of that um, and starting to get maybe uh, that stirring of even hope, right? And at least in our part of the world, when it's dark, this is when a lot of people get affected by the seasonal disorders um, and that the, the constant darkness. And so now we're starting to see these longer days. Um, so I want to go back for just a moment and point out that at this particular year, and this doesn't happen very often, right? At the most every 30 years. Well, and probably not even then, because we have Saturn and the sun exactly at 15 degrees. So Saturn is right there when the sun reaches that midpoint. So if you think about these seasonal beginnings as, um, as carrying the energy of that moment, we could say that until the equinox, we're going to carry a little bit of extra Saturn energy. And Saturn is the opposite energy from the sun. And in fact, in the rulerships, Saturn rules Aquarius, sun rules Leo. So this is the weakest time for the sun from a energetic point of view. And Saturn is the strongest right now because it's in the middle of its one of its home signs. And so we've got a little bit um, of a cooling energy even though the sun is starting to come into its own in terms of light. So again, this will be carried through a little bit towards the equinox. So what are the, what are the themes of Saturn? Well, Saturn has to do with authority. So just as we talked about Venus is carrying this Capricorn energy, another one of Saturn's signs throughout the cycle. So the sun is also carrying some Saturn energy for a while. And so there's, it's a little bit cooler of a period, although that's not, we're not seeing that in our weather here and it may not reflect that way. It's also a little bit less exuberant, right? The sun um, has an exuberant energy uh, of radiant energy. And so there's a little bit of containment around that. And Saturn, some other, um, well, in a negative standpoint, Oh, uh, it's too much Saturn is too much contraction or unconscious Saturn is more about control um, or uh, contain or like building walls. But the more conscious expression of Saturn is commitment and focus. And so if we want to work with this, this energy as it goes forward, both from a Venus perspective and from the sun in this next six weeks, we can think about uh, letting this time be more focused and letting our energy um, be within, be sort of contained, right? So one of the things I've been finding for myself is that 
it's been a very this last year even has I felt more scattered, like trying to do too many things at once. And Saturn energy, and when we get Saturn activations in our personal charts, as well as um, what's going on collectively, uh, it can be restrictive, but it, the higher or the more conscious expression of it is focus and commitment. And uh, discipline, although that's a very misused word in our culture, right? We think of discipline as a way to beat ourselves with a stick where discipline comes from the same word as disciple. And again, you can think of it as what am I a disciple of? What's, what's going along with those Venus themes? What's really important to me? And so um, that's one of the energies that carries through this in bulk season is that focus and commitment. So what does that mean um, in terms of lifestyle? So what are, what are we doing now in terms of lifestyle or how can we support ourselves and our bodies through this transition? And again, you remember that the sun is not in a particularly strong position. In fact, it's in a very non-strong position um, right now. And so what that means for our digestion is that we're also in our bodies is that we're also in this transitional period. And if you think about if we um, if we kind of at least imagine, because most of us probably don't have any memory of this unless we grew up on a farm, but imagine what it would be like to eat what you grow right now, assuming that you have room to grow and that you grow some of your own food or that you just eat locally. What would your diet look like if you ate locally in the middle of um, Aquarius season, this beginning of February, um, all the way through till uh, at least the equinox, March 20th or whenever it is this year, I can't remember, that's the exact date. So what's available right now? Well, I just read something very interesting the other day that the word February, the name February uh, comes from the same word that means to purify. And this is a time of year where it varies a little bit. Um, I know January is a little bit traditional for some, and then a little bit later is traditional. But these, these periods of transition, and we're starting to enter that transition between winter and spring in the Northern Hemisphere, are times of uh, fasting. And, and February, what well, I'm sorry, I kind of got off track there, but the word February means and comes from a word that means purification. So this would have been a time of year um, for thinking about purification. And so when we think about that in terms of our lifestyle, um, and you think about in terms of con connecting to what's available from the earth in your local area, your stores of meat might be running low. This is probably not a time where you're slaughtering animals. This is a time where you're eating what you've somehow preserved. Um, what are the crops that you're able to preserve? Well, root vegetables and storage crops, that's what you might be eating now. You might still be eating grains, depending on how the grains were preserved. You know, in our 
world now. Of course, I have a freezer full of things, um, including a variety of vegetables that I couldn't get this time of year. So, you know, there's some of that. But if you start to think about what's available in my area, what's what can I get at my local farmer's market? Um, here we do have, you know, we're lucky enough to have people growing good food year round, including some greens. Although probably you're not going to find, you might find some lettuce. Uh, you're probably not going to find like fresh um, bell peppers right now. You're not going to find fresh tomatoes right now, unless it's an actual hot house. Um, so what's local? What's in your area. And then this is also a time to start thinking about eating less. And if you don't have um, a practice, well, let me put it this way. There are many ways to incorporate a practice of intermittent fasting into your lifestyle. And if you've listened to any of my classes on Ayurveda, um, the sister science to yoga and incorporating Ayurvedic lifestyle uh, tips into your life, you know that for instance, you want to eat your dinner a little bit earlier and dinner should be the lightest meal of the day, which is again, a little bit countercultural the way we've built our culture up here. And then you wouldn't eat again until um, you, you wouldn't put anything in your mouth actually until after sunrise the next morning. And so you get this long, especially in the winter, you get this long overnight fasting period that supports the liver detox process that happens in the middle of the night. It supports your digestion, really getting to be, um, being able to fully digest meals in between. Um, and it supports a whole lot of other processes in the body. So that's one way to incorporate intermittent fasting. Maybe this time of year, depending if you're in the middle of a blizzard and a snowstorm, you may still need to have some of those heavy foods just to keep warm. And even though we obviously have our heated homes, um, but you might also be able to maybe one day or two days a week, eat a little bit more lightly, eat, um, just eat root vegetables um, or just eat uh, something, you know, maybe lighten up on the meat if you're a meat eater. Uh, again, it depends on your body, depends on your body type. If you have um, a body type like mine, you're probably not ever going to cut meat out entirely. And there's no need to, right? It's all about having respect and honoring the, the kinds of foods that you're eating. So those are uh, some thoughts about just diet and how to switch your diet around. And of course, the other thing from an Ayurvedic viewpoint is that no matter what time of year, you really want to space your meals out about four hours apart so that you can give yourself time to fully digest one meal before you start another. And again, thinking about the sun and when is the sun strongest during the day, it's in the middle of the day. And that's typically when we would suggest having your largest meal. I'm sure I've said this before. It's something I'll probably repeat fairly often. Um, I'm going to go to another visual and I'll put, I'll see if I can put links to this in the podcast. I was showing you the chart earlier. I just wanted to show you kind of the wheel of the year and how it corresponds to these um, ancient holiday, holy days, holidays. Here's in bulk, 
which is typically celebrated around the 1st or 2nd of February, although this year, as you saw on the chart, it's, it was exact on the 3rd of February. And that's the midpoint of Aquarius. Aquarius is a fixed sign. And then Ostara is Easter. That's the next um, ancient pagan holiday that then was overlaid with the Christian holidays. And that happens when the sun go, moves into Aries around the 20th of March. Um, and then in bulk is, is similar in energy to Samhain or Halloween, um, similar and reverse in energy, right? Samhain was when the sun was uh, getting low and the light was, um, we were working our way into the darkest time of the year in the Northern hemisphere. And then here in all in bulk, we're coming back out of that. So again, these fixed signs are the cross quarter holidays. Okay, um, a couple of other things I wanna say in terms of lifestyle changes for this time of the year. Again, you, you can think about or start thinking about maybe a cleanse. And when I say cleanse, I don't necessarily mean uh, lots of, um, lots of supplements or special foods or any of that uh, from an Ayurvedic, you know, what the way I've been taught to do cleansing is a lot gentler. You just eat a mono diet, a simple, easy to digest food three times a day for a course of three to four, seven days. Um, there's other things that can be involved if you want to get a little bit deeper um, and a little bit more intense about it. Usually that would be done uh, right around the transition from around springtime, the beginning of spring. But this is a time to start thinking about that. Maybe start planning for some kind of um, a, uh, a cleanse in your, in your own life. And in my book, cleanses include that, you know, light, easy to diet, to digest diet, of the same thing three times a day for a few days and a lot of rest and a lot of fluids. And you can add like um, lemon water in the mornings to help kind of uh, fire up the digestion. There are herbs you can um, do, but it's really as simple as a rest and reset. So that's something to start thinking about. We'll talk about that more in March when we get to the spring equinox as well. The other thing is that as the days get longer, we should be getting up earlier in the morning. And of course, right now we have a real incentive to get up earlier, a little bit earlier every day so that we can see these planets. If, we're, if you're connecting, if you want to connect to nature, that's one of, the, one of the great ways to do it, one of the fun ways to do it that we probably all did as kids, and that's to start watching the, the skies. Um, and so getting up a little bit earlier every day can be really useful right now as well. And then this is when activity levels may start to, it may feel good to be doing a little bit more. And if you, again, if you live on property and you have property to take care of, this is probably natural because with more daylight, we tend to be out doing things more. But even for those of us that live in town and don't have that connection um, this is a good time to just start thinking about maybe a little bit more exercise. If you started a, an exercise resolution at the beginning of January and it didn't go well, 
now you might have a sense of why, right, between the retrograde energy and then it's it just really wasn't time yet. Even though a lot of people try to start at the beginning of the year, it's still dark and it's still the time for quiet. Uh, and a lot of us were, you know, got our whatever is going around or our seasonal illness in this month. And so it was a quiet time um, that way for that reason as well. And so again, if you were trying to start uh, if you had a resolution to get more active and to start exercise, don't feel bad if it didn't happen. Try again. So this would be uh, a time to just start incorporating some small things, you know, maybe not five days a week at the gym, maybe two days a week at the gym. And maybe you work up to that as it gets lighter and the days get longer. And again, that quickening, the energy starts returning. Okay. So we talked about diet, um, you know, just daylight, this idea of this time of year as purification. And that, that will get even more true when we, when the sun moves into Pisces in um, some day, I think it's about 10 days away. Um, when the sun moves into Pisces, no, it's a little bit longer. So around the 19th of, of February, um, that will be even more true because Pisces has that energy of purification around it. Pisces and Virgo is the axis of purification. Um, so that will be more true then as well. Um, but that's, <clears throat> that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about today. And I just wanted to give you a flavor of the astrology and how it relates to our daily lives and give you some ideas for working with it. And so I'm going to, um, just ask if if the, the the few people that show up live, if you have questions, um, this is a great time to come up with them. So Larissa, did you have something you wanted to ask? If you, I can't hear you, but see if that helps. If you had, if you were wanting to ask something and you can use the chat as well. And otherwise, um, yeah, I can't, I don't hear you if you're trying to ask something. So if you are, maybe write something in the chat and I'll try to write that or I'll try to answer it. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and yeah, let me just close out by saying thank you so much again for listening. Um, reminders about how to support the show or to listen, share it if you like it. Um, there's ways to support me financially, and they're very much appreciated as this is a main um, this is a main part of my work right now. And um, other than that, uh, I will post the link. Oh, I was going to mention my class on Uranus. So I've done uh, deep dives on about five different planets already, including Venus, as I mentioned, um, as well as Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto. Um, I think I'm forgetting. Oh, and the moon. And I will be, throughout this year, I will be doing more of those planetary deep dives. They'll be available on my uh, website. And if you want to join me live, obviously you just need to sign up before the class date. The Uranus class will be on February 23rd. 
And of course, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it now is because it's been such a major player in everything going on this last year. Um, and it's one of those planets that at least most of us feel very personally. For those of you that have heard of or lived through that midlife crisis period around in your early 40s, late 30s, early 40s, Uranus is one of the big parts of that. It's one of the big players. Um, so uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, and then I'll keep you posted as I schedule the rest of those planet classes. All right, so that's it for today. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, I will hopefully see you or hear from you. And if you have feedback, please send it along. I'd love to hear it.